You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast. The podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development. Keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says we are not defined by our past or where we come from. What will define us is our ability to take responsibility for ourselves and our decisions. Joining me on today's show is Tracy Sofra. Tracy, she is an entrepreneur, a motivational speaker and financial educator who spends her time sharing the knowledge, experience and passion that she has for helping professional women achieve financial independence. She has over 25 years experience running two fast-paced businesses as an accountant as well as a financial planner. She's an expert in the area of wealth creation, leadership achievement and fulfillment and as a mum and business leader she has walked a successful path for over two decades. She has proven methods and she knows what it takes to be successful at work and in life. Now on today's show, Tracy is going to share, understand that you're not alone. She's going to share how we can challenge the status quo of how things have always been and present a new way of looking at our role as women, the three biggest problems women face when it comes to money and so much more. And by the way, we are streaming live across a number of different platforms. So if something that Tracy says really sparks something in you and you have a question, by all means, please feel free to leave your question in the comment section and I will uh, ask that of Tracy. So nothing better than to ask the expert but welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. This is a topic that many women in business uh, struggle with. You know, finances, it's very difficult to understand things changing all of the time. I'd love to know what uh, attracted you into getting into this industry. That's an interesting question because it actually chose me. I didn't choose it. I started my life as an accountant 30 years ago. Um, and I fell into accounting um, because, you know, uh, you don't want to hear my past history, but um, I had depleted all options and accounting was staring me in the face and I thought, well, why not? And away we went. And funnily enough, um, a lot of my personal, uh, um, you know, traits um, are, are really in tune with accounting. So um, I think I made a good choice and accounting has been great to me. Absolutely yeah. brilliant career. And as you know, in, in business, you know, we can have the best marketing strategies, we can have the best um, things in place to support us in growing our business, but as well as uh, marketing and positioning, it's also important to be clear on our numbers. And, you know, our numbers tell a story, our numbers share with us whether we're doing well or not. And it's very difficult, I, I would imagine, from your point of view, when you're working with um, a women in business, when they're not clear on on how their business or even life to do with finances makes it difficult to make strategic decisions yes absolutely um numbers don't lie okay uh and and numbers are absolutes they're not uh you can't let me put it this way some things are qualitative they can be um you know you can present them in different ways numbers are numbers 
and mm. they are what they are. And it's, I would argue that if you don't know your numbers, um, you're running at a high risk of not being in business for long. You've got to be all over your numbers and these days you've got to be ahead of your numbers. So, for example, back in the old days, we didn't have things like, I'm, I'm sure most people understand when they're doing their books and the numbers that they're doing, zero is live, right? Zero is an accounting software. It's yes. live. It's in the cloud. We didn't have that 20, 30 years ago. So we would get past information. We'd load it onto the system and we'd present clients with figures that were six months old, you know. Um, but now it's live and the world is going at a at such a fast pace. Yes. So when you're running your business, you've got to be all over your numbers. Mm. You've mm. got to understand the very basics. No one's asking you to become an accountant or, you know, a professor in the field, but you've got to understand some basics and some KPIs, you know, um, key performance indicators, the things that will indicate to you immediately if alarm bells are going off and then you make strategic decisions, decisions as a business person on what steps you need to take next. But if you're six months behind, um, yeah. that's not going to be a good result for you. So um, so I would argue that numbers are incredibly important. Yes, and drive everything else in, in your business. Now, one of the things that you're wanting to talk about initially is understand that you're not alone. One thing that I know and I've heard, and I'm sure you have as well, that often we don't like to disclose that we may not have an idea on what are all of these numbers on, on this page here that you're talking about. And when we realise, you know what, we're not alone and it's not a stupid question. In fact, a question that's stupid is one that's not actually asked, hey, this doesn't make sense. So what are some insights around understanding that we're not alone okay so just on that I find that um, obviously as as humans we don't like to um, be perceived as oh gosh you know she doesn't know what she's talking about nine times out of ten if you're asking the question that everyone's scared to ask everybody else is asking the same question but no one's got the courage to come forward so that's a great thing to ask and I always say to clients there's no such thing as a stupid question because if you're not clear then that's not, a, that's not a stupid question. You need to be absolutely clear in your mind that you've understood what's going on. You're not alone because everybody else has the same thing. It's not something, it's a skill that's taught. It's not something that we innately just know, yeah? Um, and another thing that doesn't help with the communication part of numbers is I find that, I, I personally find that, it's not communicated in a clear and concise way, in a simple way. So people, so if you can communicate the numbers, and let me just give you an example. So if you're sitting, let me be the accountant here, right? Okay. So you've come in and I've gone, Anne-Marie, you've had a fantastic year and I've put your P&L, profit and loss, simply profit and loss is simply this. For a period of time, and we always do financial year, so it's yes. July 1, to 30 June the next year. That's it, those 12 months. And a profit and loss is a snapshot of that period alone and that's it. And it will tell you what you made, your income, less all the expenses you incurred to make that income and the difference between the two is your profit. That's yes. it, basically. So, but then, you know, in amongst those, depending on the industry you're in, will depend on how we interpret those. So it's really, really important to keep things simple, to be able to express them in a way, in examples that people understand. Yes. 
and not to overcomplicate things. I don't think it needs to be that complicated. And I found and I find still that there are so many people in my industry, be it, be it accounting, be it financial planning, which is even worse, that they overcomplicate things so that people get this glazed look and they end up going. And you can see the glaze coming over and you're thinking, oh, my God, like I haven't done my job if that's the reaction I'm getting. I need to get them to calm and relax. So if they come in like that, your, your, your goal is to get them to do that. Yes. And let's just talk about it. Let's discuss the numbers that we're seeing in the real world, in your life, in your everyday life that you're feeling, that you're experiencing when you're in your business um, mm. or whatever whatever you're doing. So it, it, it really is about communicating that properly. And, and, yes, we're not alone because in all the programs and the courses I've done over the years, that's the first thing I get from the women that come into the room. Yeah. They go oh, God, it's not just me. Yeah. Thank God. And there's <laughs> comfort in that, isn't there? Oh, there's so much comfort in that. There is. And one of the things that I love about what you're saying is that you're really committed to being able to explain something in a way that your your client understands. And I think that really validates for us, if we're sitting across the table from you, if we don't understand something, is just to say, look, um, could you just back up a bit and just go over that again, explain that a little bit? I'm not sure what that means. Uh, we need to, don't we? If we're going to be able to make some key decisions, we need to be able to do that. But I want you to share with me, if you will, please because sometimes what happens is when people actually realize what is possible when we understand our figures and you know some of the scenarios in in business what does that allow us to achieve and I remember thinking this you know myself back when I was learning maths in class if my maths teacher had said to me if you learn this you can do this or this or this and actually tie it to real world scenarios or even roles I would have looked at I don't know trigonometry or whatever it was through a very different lens what's possible when we do understand our figures what's possible is that you are able to then make decisions about your future so let me explain that in, in a little bit of a long-winded way um, because I am an over-explainer, in case you haven't noticed. But um, your business is there to build your personal wealth, two sides of the ledger, so to speak. Your business is there to create wealth for you on your personal side of the ledger. So you want to create efficiencies, you want to do the best job you can and make the most amount of money you can and then feed the excess income out of there across to here and invest it in such ways that will then one day support your lifestyle when you stop working here. Because we can't work with our hands every day of our lives. At some point, we've got to stop. And if we haven't been able to extract that stuff from our business, which is 10 to 30%, pay yourself first concept across to this side of the ledger and then invest that in, you know, property shares, all sorts of things and create that growth over time, we, we cannot, when do we stop? When do, yeah. we, you know, when do we get those assets that, that provide us with that income? Yeah. So it, it then, when you understand the figures on this side, it then opens up the understanding on the other side of the ledger, your personal wealth is what we're trying to build. And all of a sudden, you can get these pictures of what is possible. So a lot of the time, we see clients who are so busy in the do 
not interpreting the figures, not understanding the figures, maybe too scared to ask, mm-hmm. and and not having the ability to articulate those across to the other side of the ledger. So they're just, they're in the do. Are they making any money? Oh, I don't know. But you're working 80 hours a week. How can you not know if you're not making any money? What's the point? Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, it doesn't make sense. Busyness for the sake of busyness, but does that equate to where is the reward? So you need to be able to understand the numbers and then that opens you up to be able to create bigger goals, greater goals and understand how your business actually works so you can make better business decisions and those business decisions can then make more money and that can create better decisions on the other side of the ledger, which is your personal wealth. So it's kind of, it flows, it's a, it flows around, does a 360 all the way around. I hope I've explained yeah. that really well. Does and I think you know often as you said we do get stuck in the do and and as we know as businesses get stuck in the do the doing um, we don't, don't necessarily get stuck in in um, in areas that take our focus off what could be very nicely when you speak to your accountant such as yourself um, a process and a system that just accumulates you know that additional that additional profits towards that but also what it does too is I'm sure that you may when you look at your profit and loss or even you know if if some of us are service-based businesses others are product-based businesses you might analyze and say well did you know that you're spending 80% of your time working on products that only generate you 20% of your profit if you flip that around and spent more time focusing on promoting the products that provide the highest return though those are the kind of things that we can identify isn't it once we know our, our figures and where everything is is really sitting in our business very easily very easily so in the profit and loss that what you're talking about is getting the profit and loss and the one that has all the percentages down the side. So it'll take each expense and divide it by the income and tell you how much, what percentage that expense is of your total income. So exactly what you said, are you spending, are you overspending in areas you shouldn't be spending? Um, Where are the areas you need to concentrate on? So, and we call them key performance indicators, things that we're looking for that are are working and not working and, and budget to actuals, those sorts of things, but being able to identify those things. And once you can identify those things, you can make decisions. How do you make decisions about your business and your future if you don't know the numbers and if you don't understand the numbers? Yeah, I'd imagine that most businesses, um, when you have a look at various industries that they're in, as an accountant, you've got some indicators that that may be generalised, but you've got some indicators that kind of measure to say, well, look, people in your industry, typically, if you're expending X percent in, say, the area of rent, I don't know, some areas, and it seems relatively high, that could be an indication for you to go, well, let's have a look at that. Why is that so high? Is there ways that we can get that down? Uh, again numbers can can enable you to do that and if we're not tracking them it's hard to do that and I love the way that you've said too that don't let your numbers take so long to to, to start to analyze because you can't shift and and make it you know change uh, if we are not keeping to you know up to date and on track with our numbers and what we've experienced 
at the moment, you know, in the last several months with what's been going on, I think has really shown us how important it is to be able to track our numbers, everything in our business, because for some of us, we may need to change, we may need to pivot, we may need to alter what we're doing so that uh, we can ride the wave. Now, I love how you're going to start talking about challenging the status quo. I love challenging mm -hmm. the status quo, how things have always been. And you like to present a new way of looking at our role as women. What insights can you share here? Look, lots of insights. I uh, I believe in female sovereignty. I believe in what I call the future fit female. I think that women today are so confused, misplaced, um, not sure exactly where they fit in. And that creates a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. And sometimes it's, um, a lot of the time I'm finding it's almost crippling where they're stuck and they don't know how to get unstuck. Yes. Um, what what I've found with the clients that I've been working with over the last 30 years is we have overcome every other obstacle. It's the 21st century and we can just about do whatever we want, yeah? We can mm -hmm. marry or not marry. We can have kids or not have kids. We can travel, we can work, we can live on our own, we can go out on our own as women. You know, we've got the type of freedom that only our grandmothers would, you know, couldn't dream yeah. about. Yeah, but when it comes to money, there's still that 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 boundary, that almost um, type thing, generally speaking. And I believe it's the last frontier. I believe it's the last challenge that we need to overcome. And we can only overcome that by being responsible for ourselves and our future and stepping into that future. And I call that the future fit female. I call that the female that is so confident in themselves and in their ability to make decisions about themselves and their families that all of that is just gone. And I and I think that to have that that peace within for women and to yes. feel that sense of self-worth and to feel okay is the most liberating uh, you know when I'm I'm talking to you about it and I'm feeling it inside my own self I just love it and I want to be able to share that and I want to be able to pass that on in some way and I do that through you know, the toolbox, the skill set that I've got, which is my education piece. You know, I often wonder how I ended up here. And I'm guessing that, you know, I, I, I do a money program and I had my third session yesterday and we spoke exactly about this and we spoke about our why. And for so long, it was quite difficult to find, you know, it's not an easy thing to find. You know, why do you do what you do? Um, we all know what we do and how we do it, but do we all know, I mean, I'm quoting Simon Sinek if you've watched him, and why do we do what we do? And so my bigger picture is that I see a world where women have, you know, social, economic, political and, and personal equality. I call it female sovereignty. I see that. That's That's what I strive for. And so in order to do that, if we unlock our financial confidence first, it has, and I've seen it, thousand times over it unlocks your confidence it's the key to unlocking your confidence in life and it has this ripple effect yeah it's quite I astounding know, to watch uh, it is and I know as you're saying that I mean it, it's across women who are working in corporate or, or working or also shows up too if women you know start their own business from charging what you're worth 
you know, stating a fee, being able to negotiate, whether you're negotiating in an interview for a job or you're negotiating um, with a contract with a client. If we are not uh, empowered and and know what we're worth and, you know, be able to confidently uh, share why that is so, then it becomes difficult, doesn't it? I mean, all of these areas can really be impacted by how, yeah, our, our relationship with money, how we do money and 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 how that shows up. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It all it all stems from that one place that then ripples throughout every other aspect of your life, be it your career, your relationships, your social interactions, your family. There all of a sudden becomes this, it's what you become throughout the journey. That's the yeah. interesting piece. And at the start, it all seems like it's all about the money, but it's actually not about the money at all. Money, money's just simply a, a means to an end. Mm. You know, money's not the thing. It's what does money represent to you? Money represents to me choice and freedom, the ability to live how I want. Yeah. And if that's the vision, well, let's face it, nothing comes without this. I mean, yeah. you can't have the things that you want. You can't live the life that you want without a there is a commercial reality to these things and this is what eludes most people and I, I often get this barrier um, I get oh well money doesn't bring happiness mm, I disagree mm. I disagree yeah. because if happiness is having the ability to live the way you want if happiness is having the choice to be able to give to your kids your family look after your mum and dad to, to be to not have the the financial stress and if money gives you that then isn't that happiness mm -hmm. so yeah. it really is about making sure we're shifting the way we're looking at it and stop using that as an excuse yeah, stop absolutely. using all of these excuses over the years women um, saying these things stopping themselves from taking charge yeah. Oh, I don't manage that. You know, my spouse manages that for me. How I get many, it all the time. Unfortunately, and you you may be able to um, share a little bit more light on this, but something that I heard, and it really alarmed me, that one of the growing homelessness, uh, the rate of homelessness was for women over the age of 50. Is that not scary? I'm over 50. Because and of that the is they haven't, you know, they haven't really thought about that or they've relied on their spouse and all of a sudden something's happened and they've been left out. And, it, yeah, and it, yeah, very, very, very sad to hear. Let's talk about the three biggest problems women face when it comes to money because I'm sure you're also going to be able to share some insights on how can we transform that so it doesn't become a problem for us. What are these three things? The three biggest problems I have seen over the last 30 years, and I'm going to give them a title and then go into them a little bit, yeah. lack of self-worth. Lack of self-worth, that feeling of I'm not good enough, the imposter syndrome that goes on, there's a level of shame, um, there's, uh, you know, um, uh, there's that feeling stuck, there's... There, we're talking about some deep, deep psychological stuff. This goes way deeper than my skill set. But you know what? I'm a woman. I'm a mum. I'm 55. I've got life experience. I've got client experience. And I think I'm well equipped to talk about all of this. And I see it over and over again, where women will hold themselves back from investing in themselves, but they won't hold back on spending on their kids or anything else 
but they're always the last one in line. And for some strange reason, they don't think they're good enough or worthy enough, or I can wait, I'm the last in line. Well, I don't agree. And that's where I'm challenging the status quo as well as part of this. Yeah. Because I think if you do not invest in yourself, if you do not step forward, if you do not evolve in the way that you want to evolve, you cannot be everything you want to everyone around you. Yes. You cannot yeah. give back to the people that you love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you Can't know what I think as women too, as mothers and role models, what are we role modelling in in that behaviour where we're not also um, investing in ourselves. And it is an investment because if we can learn new tools and learn different ways of doing things, we're role modeling to those close to us, that learning is important and that you can continue to grow. And we hear that all the time, don't we? We're sadly, and what's that analogy where, uh, you know, we hear if, if you're on a plane and it's starting to go down or, you know, the, the, the flight kind of shutters and the oxygen masks come, yeah. put it on first because you're no good to anyone if you're not looking after yourself first and this comes um, beautifully uh, relates to what you talked about you know here as well self-worth self-worth and I always say I have a daughter she's 16 I have a son who's 12 and here's one thing that I realized um, or maybe kind of it it was more obvious to me they're watching us yes make no mistake our kids, our nieces, our nephews, even our husbands, our colleagues, everyone around us is watching us. And we do, as individuals, we are incredibly powerful as individuals. We don't think we are, but we are incredibly powerful because everything we do has a ripple effect with the people around us. I mean, the simple act of walking in a room, have you ever walked in a room and you've gone in like this, mm, and what do you get back? Yeah, you walk in a room, you go, hi, how you going? Everyone goes, oh, great, Trace, we're all good. I mean, it's that simple thing, right? So mm -hmm. I, I love that and I love that I know that. So I always check in to know that what I'm exhibiting, how I'm showing up, what I'm doing, my kids are watching, my husband's watching, my colleagues are watching and hopefully I'm giving them something where I'm inspiring them and they're going, well, I like what she's doing. I yeah. like that. That makes me feel good. I might, you know, I, I find that incredibly, I don't know, I, I love that sort of stuff. I love that we all have that, um, that, that power to be able to help others without directly helping them, if that makes sense, just yeah, makes, purely by doing that stuff. Yeah, because what we say and what we do, if they're not, if they're mismatched, um, it, what our actions—that's as they say—actions speak louder than words—is a reason why that saying is 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 something that we say. Now, one of the things, and I'm going to ask you what the second biggest problem women face yep. is, and I just want to reiterate to people that often when people think about money. As you said, it goes far deeper to this. It's what's the underlying belief around that and value around that. And one of my mentors shared with me years and years and years ago, and you'll you'll love this, and this might be something that you say to your clients too, how we do money is often how we do everything. So if money is an issue in our life, the way that we manage it or mismanage it or just want to ignore it, where are the other areas that you're ignoring in your life too? And often we find that money and time can are synonymous in itself. And if you're often running out of money, you can often run out of time too because you're putting other people, uh, you know, ahead of yourself and your own needs all the time too. So love this conversation. Um, we've got 
Giroux here saying, this is making so much sense. Thank you. Um, but glad that you can be here. Mindset plays such a big role. So fantastic. So what is the second biggest problem women face when it comes to money? So lack of knowledge. They either um, have a little knowledge, but they don't trust it, or they don't have a lot of knowledge. This lack of knowledge around um, financial stuff. And let me go back to that. The reason they have that is because my industry causes a lot of that, I think. Yeah. Honest to God, they do. It's overcomplicated. So the media does a lot of that. The financial planning industry does a lot of that. So they have this thing of, um, oh, what if I get it wrong? Um, oh, I'm not really good with numbers. Um, well, Bob's got that covered. Um, and um, this this um, they constantly second guessing themselves because they don't think they have the knowledge mm -hmm. and they feel stuck and they don't know how to get unstuck. Mm -hmm. So this lack of knowledge has this, you know, multi-level perpetuating kind of thing that goes on. Um, so lack of knowledge is the second biggest problem that they have. And yes. just one thing on the lack of self-worth and the money piece you were talking about, that also um, has another level where it's either cultural, there's cultural factors in there, there's religious factors in there, there's social factors in there. It is so multi-leveled. And, you know, I, I obviously go through all of this sort of stuff in the mindset piece that I, that I talk about, which is incredibly powerful. But, exactly. yeah, so second problem, lack of knowledge. And I love the way that that really goes full circle to what you were saying earlier when we were chatting is that you need to ask, you need to not be scared or afraid. I remember one time I, I asked one of my colleagues who was a bookkeeper, you know, what was what does EBIT mean again? And she kind of, went, you know, kind of rolled her eyes and I thought, nah, I just need to know, you know, what what is that? Because all of these acronyms ask and it is interesting because a number of people, yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. It's true. No one wants to ask because they don't want to seem like, hey, I don't know that. But as soon as someone does, they go, I'm glad you asked that. I was a bit too embarrassed. So it's not just you. Exactly. And that's what you said. Understand that you're not alone. Someone is sitting there waiting for someone to ask the question, you know, to yeah. have that Who's courage. got the guts to ask? I was a prolific, yeah. you know, they used to hate me in class at uni in the tutes because yeah. I'd be like, um, and they'd all want to get out of there and I'd go, oh, excuse me, I, can, can you just tell me about that again? Yeah. <laughs> I, isn't it? If we don't know, ask. What is this figure? And maybe too when we're starting off is to ask our accountant, what are the figures that I do need to, to know about? What are the, the areas? And this is interesting that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned earlier how often it's because of the industry itself. And if your accountant is not taking the time to explain something to you, if you ask and makes you feel, you know, less than, maybe it's a good time to oh. get another accountant. Absolutely. So what do I need to know? This is something that is very new to me, but I do want to learn what do I have to keep an eye out for and can we can we build on my knowledge for me as we're working through that? Makes it easier at the end of the day for you as the accountant, doesn't it? If your client is far more um, savvy and, and knows and actually knows when to reach out, you say, hey, this is happening 
can we have a chat before, you know, it hits the fan and all of a sudden you've got this box of paperwork and you're thinking, oh, my goodness, if you would have contacted me a few months ago, we could be in a very different scenario now. So, Look, not all accountants and financial planners are created equal, I will tell you that. I get so many stories, particularly from women, that tell me this and it still happens in this day and age and I couldn't believe it. I was blown away by somebody, um, a new client that came to me that said when um, this new advisor had come in because the older one had retired, he literally sat back in his chair and went like this, put his leg up, which is incredibly rude. I can't believe he, can't believe he did that to start with. But anyway, um, and basically looked at her and said, oh, well, what can I do? How can I help you? And I'm, I, I was blown away by this. So look, forget all that. Here's what you need to be looking for. Uh, an accountant shouldn't just be lodging a tax return. That's compliance. That's not advice. Yeah. So there's going to be a time where you won't need an accountant for that anymore because um, technology is going so fast paced that that'll just be something bang that zero will be able to do for you or some software. So don't worry about that. An accountant is there to help you identify the numbers, to help you interpret the numbers. And an accountant should be like your business advisor, someone mm. you should be they should be coaching and mentoring you through your business and yep. to interpret the figures and go, right, well, what should be our next lot of steps? What should we be doing? Because yep. lodging a tax return is compliance means nothing, yeah? Yep. And if I you're asking... Yeah, one thing, this is a good that I'm glad you're asking uh, or uh, ask, answering these questions. If someone is thinking about, you know what, I need to be, because now, as we know, I mean, all businesses, Australia-wide and even, you know, um, globally are struggling and then they have to revisit their figures and, and so forth. So in a perfect ideal world, if you are sitting in front of a client that you really wanted to support as far as advice and making sure everything's clear and ensuring that your client is as informed as need need be to make solid decisions, would you say a good um, schedule in your diary is to connect with your accountant maybe once a quarter, half a, oh. half yearly to go, well, let's have a look at the forecast. Where are we? What things do we need to change moving forward? What's the best case scenario? Absolutely. It depends on what you're looking for, but at the very least, quarterly would be the way to go in this fast-paced environment without a doubt. And it depends on your business too. Um, right. I mean, we do business coaching and mentoring here where we meet with them monthly. It depends what the client wants. Um, monthly is great because there's not a lot of time between each session where you can make sure if anything's gone wrong, you can get on top of it straight away. So you've got to be able to be agile and move very quickly. But your accountant should provide that value add. If they're just, if you're just going in there and they're lodging your tax return. Mm -hmm. You need to go somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah. these meetings may not necessarily be long meetings. It may be half an hour, three quarters of an hour, just checking in things and that you might say, hey, by the way, this and this, just be mindful of that. Or, hey, this is going really well. I would be doubling down on that this quarter or this month or something like that. So really great. Um, but you know what's yeah. also good about those meetings? What's great about those meetings as a business person to be able to remove yourself from your business go to the accountant's office, physically remove yourself, go sit, talk to someone else, look at the numbers and you know what happens? All this creative stuff comes out of your head yeah. that when you're in the do, in the trenches doing, you, you, you can't get creative time when you're in the do. You've got to get out of the do to create, yeah? yeah? 
So that opportunity, you shouldn't rob yourself of that opportunity because that is where you can get clarity. You can get that objective point of view. You can remove yourself from your business and you get to just talk about it. And a lot of the time when the stuff comes out of your mouth, all of a sudden you, you go, oh, my God, yeah, I didn't think of that. But when you get to talk to someone, these things come out that you didn't necessarily know yourself. So it's incredibly valuable. Yeah, love that. And I think we've got one biggest problem that women face when it comes to what's the third one? You guessed it, lack of time. So lack of time. And this, uh, what does lack of time mean? Well, you know, we are doing everything, right? So we, other than being, and and as women, I mean, innately, and I am generalising, but innately it's our nature to look after everyone else before ourselves got to try and beat that out of ourselves but we innately do that and and you know statistics show that um, women who are working are still doing more than 60 percent of the domestic work at home so we're carrying a lot there's a lot going on I mean we are carrying a lot yeah so we are multitasking to the max I mean the overwhelm the to-do list the stress Oh, and you want me to look at my figures too? Are you kidding me? It's like, hang on, I've got Johnny's lunch and da 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 da. Like, I get it. I'm a mum of two kids. I run my business, and and I and I love what I do. I mean, I I, I would do this twenty four seven if I could, but I've got a family to look after. Um, so I get it. This lack of time is is not a good thing. It's one of our biggest problems. But what we've got to do is acknowledge it, and we've got to step back from it. And we've got to learn to let go of some stuff. Yeah. We've, and, and, and what I mean by that is if it's not that important, it can wait. Can it be outsourced? So I've got this great thing that says, um, can we automate it? Can we eliminate it? Or um, can we, you know, what, what can we do? What, what can you do? Can you, does it need to be done at all? Yes. Uh, or can you eliminate it? Like, can you eliminate it? Can you automate it? What can you do with it? Or can you outsource it? Um, so important. So, if we're still really? doing 70% of the housework, well, guess what? Look at your figures, put some budget aside and hire a housekeeper. Oh, without a doubt. You need help and it's okay. Here's the other blockage. The self-worth then comes in and goes, oh, I couldn't do that. So that's a self-worth piece talking to the time piece going, I'm not really good enough. I can't possibly do that. Yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you, you can. can. Yeah. Yeah. Allow yourself to do it. We could hire a, a housekeeper, but they're just not allowed into our properties yet. <laughs> but, it, you know, I mean, seriously, when you look at that, I mean, we if we're so exhausted, we're, we're not going to be the best in any of our areas of life for our no. children, for, you know, our spouses, for our clients, for ourselves. And so I think when we start to invest in ourselves and and hire support, you know, delegate and so forth. You know what? We're also contributing to the economy because it means we're hiring someone else. That's their area of expertise. That's how they generate an income and that's how the world goes round. That that's how I so it's got nothing to do with self-worth. You're actually contributing to someone else's economic um yeah, you and, know. And here's how I think about it all the time. If you're making if you're great at what you do and you're making money at this high end, you're going to make more money by outsourcing to somebody else that you can pay $30 an hour to do the housekeeping and you're making $250 an hour, whatever you make up here. Like you've got to shift your mindset. You've got to stop thinking small 
and start opening up your mind to what's possible and stop holding yourself back. Yes. Just yeah, stop absolutely. that. You're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We've covered so much today and uh, I think we've just only scratched the surface. But this is something that for many of us, uh, if we are recognising that, you know what, this has been a, an issue for me and I've realised that I've hung on to too much, I'm not able to grow my business because I'm doing too much of the, the tasks that I really need to outsource or automate, you know, or as you said, delegate and outsource. What would uh, be the best way for people to connect with you if they've heard you Tracy and they think you know what I really need support in this what's the best way for them to connect well they can email me direct if they like which is always easy to do I'm also on um, Facebook so they can message me direct there either way works Fabulous, fabulous. And I know for this particular live, we are also streaming across different platforms and, and Tracy will be tagging so herself in this. So you'll certainly be able to reach out to those platforms as well. Look, thank you once again for coming on the show. We have absolutely loved our conversation, Tracy. And if this is the first time you are joining us and you want to know more about Business Women Australia, then just go to businesswomenaustralia.com, an incredible community of uh, women leaders, and business owners and we would love for you to, to join our network somewhere in Australia. We've got outlets all across Australia. So once again, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Anne-Marie.